The Natural Hat Trick with Luke Lipinski, Craig Morgan, and Jamie Eisner. Welcome into episode 235 of the Natural Hat Trick Podcast alongside Craig Morgan. We're talking politics all day today. And Jamie Eisner. That was. That was. Which gave me even more pause, which, can't, which was heard on the, the podcast. Once again, I say at least we have some sound effects on this show. Uh, uh, yes. Wow. All right. I'm it's Luke just reacting. It's reacting to the eight donut holes. You know, actually, it's probably better if my name isn't attached to the show. I'm not Luke Lipinski. Uh, rate and or review. Speaking of which, we have no, a new both. review. Oh. Do both. So, uh, Do both. Rate and review. Yes, please. Jamie will read your review. Give them options. Luke. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I will, this this is what you're doing it for, right? So I don't care why. Well, originally we asked you to do it so Craig could feed his kids beans. Yeah, uh, that still applies. Okay, but also we might read it on the show. And this is from uh, Nasty Nesser on Thursday. First time reviewer, long time listener. Huh? Are you sure this is for our show? Yes. Okay. Great podcast. Would love to hear multiple podcasts every week. There's a lot of requests for that. Hey. Great Coyotes content with the, with guys close to the team. Love the show and the chemistry. So thank you very much. Oh. Who is that? That was... Uh, it was... Nasty, Nasty, Nasty Nesser? Nesser, all lowercase. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Nasty Nesser. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it, mm-hmm. it, it, it does help us. It, it pushes us up the algorithm for people that are looking for sports podcasts, hockey podcasts. Uh, so it does actually help us. So thank you very much for that. Makes it that more likely we'll do multiple podcasts, even though I'm not going to look at Craig because I'm sure he's shaking his head violently right now. Probably not. Yeah. Luke, you can barely like find time during the week. And same thing with like Luke. And Luke. I have more time to like do podcasts because I'll just show up at like nine o'clock at night. I like how we break the molds here, though. You know, yeah. podcast supposed to be 30 minutes. We don't follow that. No. Mm-hmm. Then last week's oh. episode was three podcasts. Right. Yes. So yeah. there you go. We can just release them in chunks. Yeah, I got your analytics right here. Ooh. Are we having success here? I don't know. I think we are. Oh, okay. Um, speaking of having success, the Stanley Cup bound Chicago oh, Blackhawks. Oh, there it is. Took you three years to get back to that viewpoint, but yeah. or is it only two? I think it's two. No, I thought they were going to make the playoffs two years ago, mm. not the Stanley Cup. I don't know. I remember Cup. The way they're playing right now, they could win the Super Bowl. My memory is all that, re- all that matters to me, so we'll go with Cup. Luke but, is picking the Blackhawks to win the Stanley Cup once again. I am not. Mm. And also, if you're a Blackhawks fan, your memory is all you have, so that's good. See? Now that's, oh, that's just cruel. One. That's a good one. Patrick Kane recorded his 1,000th point. He was mobbed on the ice in a gesture that was pre-approved by the referees, which is kind of cool. It was okay. a smart move by Jeremy Galton. First of all, assuming that Patrick Kane would get his 1,000th point in that game and then getting the okay. He might get another 1,000 tonight yeah. play the Panthers. <laughs> they're, they're legitimately back in this race, aren't they? Yeah, five yeah. in a row now. They're playing a lot better. They're, they're, off, they're offensively been off the charts. I think I wrote about this today. Uh, they're just – it's been really remarkable what they've done. I'm trying to pull up. I'm trying to stall so I can pull up the – That's very clear. Yeah, I'm trying to stall so, <laughs> more so than usual. But they're averaging Jonathan almost, Taves. They're, they're averaging almost four goals a game since, a player. since Christmas. In this league. Yeah. A good player in this league again. Four goals a game since Christmas. That's not bad. That's no. pre- I mean, that's not, it's not a huge sample size, but it's about a month now where the offense has really turned it up, and we'll see. I still think that they give up a lot. They're relying on their goaltending being a lead, and they've, they've gotten really good goaltending this year. Can this, can this model hold up? Can you imagine if this exciting model of hockey can hold up and they can actually sustain success? Well, their last— we might- Go ahead. Well, I'm sorry. Sorry. No, it, it can, you... I'll cut you both off. Oh, wow. Look at okay. this. Well, that happens all It the can time. hold up in the context of it depends on how mediocre the middle class of the West is. Because okay. I don't think the Chicago Blackhawks are that great relative to anybody else. But right. do you love what 
Arizona's putting on the ice right now, what Winnipeg's putting on the ice, what Calgary, what Vegas, I mean, you start to look at all those teams right there, and I know Chicago's behind, aside from Winnipeg, they were three points behind all the other teams I mentioned, but... Yeah, it's a large middle class. If this continues to be, you know, playing just over 500 hockey from a lot of these specific division teams and, and Winnipeg... Chicago can keep this interesting because they can keep up that pace with that offense. They're not going to. I don't think they're going to go on a a seventy percent clip the rest of the year. But that might not. They might not have to. Taves has four goals, and nine assists in his last six games. He's got forty four points this year. Um, he's the guy that everybody sort of pointed to and said, "Okay, well, he's not producing, so they're done." Um, They'll get Strom back soon, and again, that's not. Ever since Seabrook left the lineup, I mean, who yes. else are they going to put? Uh, let's let's yeah, let's let's not ignore that. I'm not okay. <laughs> um, their last six it's wins had an effect. Detroit, Anaheim. Maybe these aren't that impressive. Detroit, Anaheim, <laughs> Ottawa, Montreal, Toronto. I guess Winnipeg's okay. Toronto's not even a playoff team anymore. So. Yeah, it's, that, and that's the truth of it too. That you know, the, the schedule hasn't been that challenging for them. Beating Winnipeg is big though. Winnipeg, yeah, because they're chasing them. But yeah. Winnipeg's not that good. I still don't know what, what to make of this team. I really don't know what to make of the Jets. I mean, Dustin Bufflin is the big question, right? If he comes back, when does he come back? Does he come back in enough time to help push them into the playoffs? But right now, I'm just, again, going back to what we said at the beginning of the season, I'm just not sure there's enough here to be a playoff team. Can I'm, you see any team in the West winning the Cup? Vegas. Or St. Louis. I mean, St. Louis would be <laughs> the only it. one to me. <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I just, the talent in the East just seems so lopsided now. Still, the very tip top, like, yeah. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's, like it's only going to be win. one East team they have to beat, though. True, but I don't know. It, it just, I'm just so unimpressed by the Western Conference. Is that because Colorado's on a three game winning streak and they look dominant once more? Well, yeah, yeah, they play the Red Wings. No, but no, they're playing well. But like, they do play the Red Wings a lot. Yeah, it is. It is a little weird. But look, it just. It maybe it's just maybe I'm just downgrading the whole conference because of the Pacific, but I mean, look, the Pacific has to play each other to get to the conference final, so somebody has to get out of it. But I'm just completely uninspired by every team playing in the in the glob. Let's just call it the glob, the glob. right now. It goes from Vancouver to to Arizona. The glob. Um, last thing on Chicago, they play Florida tonight. Could the All Star break be coming at a worse time for Chicago? Like, does any team hate this break more than the Blackhawks? We're finally hot. We finally figured it out. And Joel Quenville is coming back to Chicago, so Mark Lazarus wrote a cool piece on that. By the way, both I saw teams. Mark Lazarus in Florida. He was down there to do a piece on Quenville. Both teams on a five-game winning streak. Very stealth. Wow. Not even following the Blackhawks around. Just he wasn't tweeting. He wasn't mentioning to anyone where he was because he was working on this story. I have a trivia question for you guys. Don't look. So there are three teams in the NHL Wait. on five-game winning streaks right now. We talked about two of them. They play tonight, Florida and Chicago. Who's the other team? There's what? Three teams on five-game winning streaks right now. He really is typing and looking. <laughs> Chicago and Florida play tonight, and Joe Quinville's return to Chicago. Uh, what is the other team? Can't be anybody. Well, I don't know. I really don't know. That's right. It's Columbus, the, no, I the number one that. team in the wild card yeah, spot in the Eastern Conference. It was we in did. the notes. Yeah, that's true. The Columbus Come Blue Jackets. On. It's the one note I contributed is that Columbus is on you a tear. Con- you contributed three. That's three more than Jamie contributed. Well, so. obviously, but that's not a very high bar to clear. Um, yeah, Elvis. Elvis gets a shutout every night now. It's it, it's remarkable. Because he was, by the way, terrible. Terrible before Corpus terrible got hurt. Yeah. as the backup for like six games. <laughs> I'm trying to... They really should separate his numbers from when he became the starter to what, like, yeah, post. back up and, yeah. and starter. Because if he played the way he's played as a starter all season, he would run away with the Vezina. Is John Tortorella running away with Jack Adams right now? He might be. 
If they, if they, if How they are they the doing this? Elvis. How are they doing this? Um, Columbus. We talked about all their <laughs> off-season losses. We talked about them plummeting to the bottom of the Eastern Conference being one of the worst teams in the NHL this year. They have the eighth most points in the league. They have three more points in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on here? I don't yeah, get it. They, I mean, Cam Atkinson wasn't even doing anything for a while. Now he's kind of heating up. They don't really have anybody on their team that you look at and it's like, oh, this guy's having a great year. Like Dubois got 15 goals. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, this fe- it feels again, it's different, but it feels like those those Tippett teams when they were winning were like you look at you go and you look at their stats and you go, wait, this team is this team is top five in the conference and their their leading point scorer's got 35 points and. They might not have a 25-goal scorer on the roster and all the other weird stuff, and but they're, they're getting it done. I'm trying to... These I mean, wierenski has been really good. I mean, yes, But, in such a, I mean, look, they have, they have a good blue line, but... I, I mean, Elvis has got a almost... What is he, a 928 save percentage? And this, that includes his terrible start? This is Elvis in his 10 starts since New Year's Eve, okay? He's given up 1, 1, 3, 2, 3, 3, 0, 0, 2, 0. It's crazy. That's, That's part of that system, right? They're, sure. they're playing so well in front of him. Yeah. But still. But some of those games, I mean, he's, what, 30, 40 shots face, 37 shots face. Like, he is facing shots. They're not necessarily high percentage shots, but that's that's got to be the reason why. We need to talk about Toronto because... We did last week, wondering if the loss of a certain defenseman might doom their playoff chances. They are currently fourth in the Atlantic. I don't think this will hold up. I I mean, obviously, I still believe Toronto's making the playoffs, and I still think they could be dangerous in the playoffs. And I think they'll play Boston in the first round, because I think Tampa Bay's winning that division. But... Florida's not a bad hockey team. That nope. this is not a surprise that Florida is good. The surprise is that Florida or that Toronto has been so bad they've fallen behind the Panthers. Fall behind the Panthers, fall behind Columbus, fall behind Carolina, Carolina fall behind Philadelphia. <laughs> they're they got some work to do. Yeah, they're currently tenth in the uh, <laughs> yes. in the Eastern Conference. And that is, by the way, the cutoff in the Eastern Conference. There are six teams in the Eastern Conference that are out. I'm finally ready to say it, Jamie. Oh, are we done with Buffalo? We're done with Buffalo. Okay. We're done with Buffalo, Montreal, the Rangers, no, Ottawa, Montreal's awful. Jersey. I said and that way back when. We, when they came here and yeah. beat the Coyotes, I said, nah, still they're not a good team. Yeah, that was just a schedule game. Frequently and we've been Montreal. done with not Detroit since the second preseason game. Well, Detroit's so. been done with Detroit since the second preseason game. 28 sh- points. On pace for 45. Ooh, and by the way, what did if, Colorado have that one year? 48. And by the way, oh my. if you watch them, they're as terrible as their records sound. Like, they're getting blown off the they're ice They're negative 88. Game. Is that bad? It's it's a negative Lindros is what it is. It's it's not it's not great. Um, I went back and looked at that Buffalo team that was shamelessly tanking the year of McDavid, and they weren't the only team, but they were the ones like, hey, we accidentally won a game, our goalie gets demoted and sent to Siberia, and they finished with fifty four points, actively attempting to lose. There's no reason for Detroit to actively attempt to lose. They're so far behind everybody else, they're going to finish with the worst record. They're just terrible. Yeah, it's this bad. is one of the worst teams we've ever seen. And why is he safe? Why is Jeff Blaschel still safe? He's just safe to the end of the oh, year. Oh, they're right? rebuilding. How long is this going to well, go? Look, I understand that they're not. It's not like you're going to change coaches and they're going to get better this year. You don't care, but they can't be this bad. Like you can't. You can't put out a team that's this terrible. So that's like going 0 16 with the Lions. Like you just got to fire somebody also just because Detroit. you can't do that. Now, Jamie, last year, St. Louis had the worst Jamie. record in the NHL at the start of January, oh, and they okay. won the yeah, Stanley I Cup. Think, I don't think the Red Wings are winning the But Cup. the Red Wings are 
they're worse. They're markedly worse than they were last year. Are they yeah. not? Oh, yeah. And the oh, season yeah. before. Yeah. Significantly. It's, it, they're terrible. You, ha- you, can't, you can't be this bad and keep your job. I watched, I mean, occasionally I would watch, you know, the random Red Wings game the last couple of years, and, like, Mantha was good, and Larkin was good, and Bertuzzi was getting there. I mean, they had some pieces that you were like, okay, I can at least see what they're building around. Tyler Bertuzzi is okay this year. And as a team... Mantha's been good when he's been healthy, but yeah, he's missed a lot of time. Did you know that Valtteri Filppula is back on Detroit? Yeah. Signifying it is, in fact, 1994 again, somehow. <laughs> like, when did Filppula end up back on Detroit? <laughs> but, he, again, uh, getting back to this point, Athenasi, this, is, this is Jeff Blaschel's well, fourth season now as coach. He is the third longest tenured coach, yeah. isn't he, or yeah. something like that? 79 points their first season, okay. 73 the second. Okay. 74 the third and 40 something this year. Hopefully. How is he still the coach? He won't be after this year. He can't be, right? I, I, no. Why wouldn't you hire Gallant, assuming he would actually want to go there? Would, yeah. I wouldn't go there if I were Gerard Gallant. Didn't he play for Detroit, too? Uh, he did, I think, at some yeah. point. So, I mean, obviously, if you played for a team, you have to coach them, right? Isn't that how it works? Them's the rules. <laughs> With Seattle lurking out there. And the guy who, you know, one of the main architects of a, an expansion team going to the cup final, why would they, why, why wouldn't he just wait another year? If I'm Gallant, could, and that wouldn't even good. have to wait a year. They'd hire him early. It's, it's good for the narrative. Yeah, I don't think I'm going back to another expansion team after what I just did and somehow that wasn't good enough. Two and a half years in, I get fired after I took the team to the cup their first year. When you were three points out of first place. Yeah. Yeah, the, the thing That's is, though, crazy. do you think that as Gallant or do you know that, yeah, I got it's I got in a fight with the GM and I lost? Yeah, something else. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he thinks, oh, I, I, I really got fired for performance reasons. I really didn't do a good job. There's nothing I could do. I think he knows exactly what happened and was like, you know what? I lost a power struggle. I didn't lose. I didn't get fired because I was a bad coach or I didn't have success. You can say he lost a powerball. And I was like, that, that can get you fired this year in the NHL. Uh, I, I guess more so if I'm Gallant, I wouldn't mind going somewhere that's established at this point. Like, I've built up enough teams and ended up... I mean, he helped build up Carolina a little bit. So what's going to be available at the end of the season? Since we just change coaches in the middle of the season and everything's filled before the season ends. Probably 10 more jobs. I mean, some hmm. of these teams will... Maybe the Vegas job. Um, well, maybe Tampa Bay. If uh, Maybe go right back to Florida. If the uh, Lightning don't do anything this year. Yeah. Imagine if they bow out in the first round. Winnipeg? Hmm. Winnipeg. If they want to pay. Winnipeg would be interesting. I mean... I mean, Thanks, Jamie. Like, no, but it's just like <laughs> Jamie it, broke. It, it's no. like that. It's, it's really not interesting. No. It, it's not well, Winnipeg. Be, I would rather coach Winnipeg than well. I'd rather live in Seattle. I'd, but yeah, so you'd rather coach Winnipeg for two years. Twenty nine other NHL cities, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe you don't think. Yeah, maybe you don't think long term anymore because everybody fires their coach after six seconds. It but like thirty in it. Yeah, okay, just thirty. Yeah, when Seattle comes in, I guess. <laughs> yes, unless all there's of one them. city you hate. <laughs> all of them just not telling us. Detroit, <laughs> much like the players who told us last year that Winnipeg was the worst NHL city to visit. And they always Sorry. say Nashville's the best. Truth hurts. Well, can't argue with the truth. Maybe I should talk into the mic. I'm turning into Craig. Um, yeah. I don't know. What? Maybe the... Huh? What's going on over there? Sorry, no, go ahead. Yeah, um, just wondering where he might coach. Minnesota? Minnesota. <sighs> what an exciting uh, brand of hockey that would be. <sighs> no, never. Minnesota or Detroit? Those two will be open. Well, I, Detroit will be open. I don't know about Minnesota. Detroit should be open. They'll probably weirder things have happened. Minnesota will probably sneak into the playoffs and ruin everything. But the bigger issue here is is Toronto. We can't keep like skipping over this. The only way that team 
misses the playoffs, and I would put that at like a 1% chance, is if the the scrutiny in that market just crushes them when they're when they have a three game losing streak that turns into like losing two out or winning two out of ten or something because of and the, that never happens. No, that's what I'm saying. But that's but I mean they'd have to do that that's, a couple that's times. It's definitely part of the mix there. I know, but that's the only thing that could keep them out of the playoffs. How, or, how many teams have fired two coaches in one season? I'm just saying. <laughs> like come March if they're why don't they hire Gallant? With three point per game players on the roster. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Um all right. We need to talk about the coyotes. This feels like it should be a therapy session. Mm. And we'll obviously get into a lot more of this in the listener questions at the uh, at the end of the show, but last couple games yeah. have not been encouraging. No, they haven't. They're one four and one in their last six. Uh, shut out by Tampa Bay, whatever. Like everybody's losing to Tampa Bay. Shut out by Carolina concerning. Could have beat Pittsburgh, beat San Jose, so I'll toss those two out. Not much offense against Vancouver. Didn't show up against Edmonton at all. Other than Taylor Hall, Connor Garland, Christian Dvorak, who I would say have showed up for all six of those games I just read off, even the two they got shut out. Yep. It would be nice to have more than one forward line on this. Usually team. helps. Yeah. Yeah. It would be nice to have a fourth line that wasn't defending every time it was on the ice, too. Yeah. Uh, the kessel Kraus step on line showed up in a couple of these games. Yep. Most notably the San Jose game. When you look at the... Uh the last game against Edmonton. Look at the two key plays that put them in a two two o hole. It was two veterans that really hurt them. Phil Kessel made just a, an awful decision along the half wall on the power play, created a turnover. Of course, I'm getting Oliver Ekman Larson got beat again. Yeah, it's always Oliver's fault. <laughs> he was flat footed on the blue line when Kessel decided to make that pass. Could he have made a better read? Maybe, but that was on Kessel. That was a terrible pass, and you saw John McClain talking to him for a long time after that on the bench. That puts him in a one o hole. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with that goal that Auntie Ranta gave up. It was a great move yeah, no, by Josh Archibald. Yeah. He opened him up, went five hole. People were complaining about that too. He should stop. You got to stop that. Another goalie stops that. It was a great move, actually. Only Kemper stops that. Maybe. And maybe Elvis. Maybe. He opened him up, though. You know, he put a, a faked one side, opened him up the other side, and then he slid it through the five hole. That's that. That's going to be there. That area of a goalie is going to be there when he's moving laterally. Well, yeah, don't give up breakaways shorthanded. Yeah, that's, that's the idea. And then the second one. Goligoski makes the decision to carry the puck through traffic out of his own, from behind his own net. Turns yeah. it over. It's in the back of their net. Now yeah. you're in a 2 nothing hole on the road. I give Goligoski a little more leeway because he's had such a good year, but that he's, doesn't change the fact. He's that looked a little tired lately. He's, he hasn't looked as sharp. Yeah, agreed. Mm-hmm. They're playing too many minutes, and that's that's where Hammer coming back helps so much. And this break. They're just, yeah. I mean, just to steal a phrase from Rick Tockett, there are too many passengers too often and it's not like okay this this line was or this player or line was a passenger this game and they got it together the next game to what you alluded to luke it's it's an every night problem for a lot for the majority of this roster right now and i I don't know what the i don't know what the solution is i don't know what the easy fix is i think the break helps you got two more names to throw out though in terms of passengers two guys i forgot were on the team yeah 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 that whole second line clayton keller and nick schmaltz where you been been yeah for a while to show up you've been gone for way too long we've seen this from keller before we really haven't seen it from schmaltz before keller's typically hot for two weeks gotta break him up for two weeks i thought they were gonna break him up in that last game and they didn't did a little bit didn't a little different one line Um, They, they need to break him up they're not working together which is weird to me because for as bad of a year as keller had last year his best games were when schmaltz was in the lineup and mm-hmm. typically playing with him. Um, and that doesn't mean that that line will never work together, but you do have to shuffle it up now. I think they will come out of the break because what was it? 
Keller got like a second assist on the third goal of a blowout against right. Edmonton. But yeah. other than that, they had gone seven games without a point between exactly the two of them. Right. Yeah, and and look, a lot of the problem here too that we're we're seeing is a, an age old problem for the Coyotes. They're not getting great play through the middle of the ice from their centers. And again, they don't have a number one center like a lot of teams in the NHL do. So that is a glaring deficiency on this roster. We've talked about how they might even make some system tweaks to ac- accommodate that. You know, because they're getting more of that play from the wing than they are through the middle of the ice. So. I don't know how you solve that one. I, maybe you need to maybe you need to put Nick Schmaltz back in the middle of the ice because you're not getting enough of that. Because Carl Soderberg's also hit a wall here where he's really not doing much out there. Yeah, you hope that you hope that the break sort of re-triggers those three guys because you're not asking a ton of them with Hall back or with Hall in the lineup, not back. But you are. At, I mean, they can't. They can't not do anything, especially Keller and Schmaltz. You can get away with Soderberg not being a huge offensive producer, but you're built for Keller and Schmaltz to produce. And they're not, in theory, seeing the other team's top defensive pairing or top defensive forwards because Hall's taking on all those. So they, they can't go two weeks without a point. That's unbelievable. No, they can't. There's there's too much talent there. They absolutely can't. And yes, they have issues to the center of the ice, and those are going to be issues they're going to have to work around for the foreseeable future. Uh, it, but... I, I don't. I mean, look. Some of it's going to be a little bit better when Kemper comes back, but that's just him cleaning up mistakes. Those mistakes just don't go away just because Kemper comes back healthy. I, I just there's there's too much talent on, the, especially in the middle six of this team right now. There's way more talent in the middle six than there's been in a number of years in this city, and they're just getting almost nothing from them. It just it's not acceptable. Yeah. If one more person tries to blame this on Taylor Hall to me, no. he's averaging well, a point per game, isn't he? They're not winning since they got him, so they should trade him. I had someone else make that argument to me this weekend. Seven goals, you, 15 you points. kidding me? Just so you know, when you say that, it's clear you're not watching the games. And that's it's fine. It's clear you, you know nothing about hockey. <laughs> not even box scores. Stop talking yeah. to me if you're going to assert that Taylor Hall is the reason the Coyotes aren't winning or he's having no impact on them. Just stop talking to me because you're so dead wrong. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And you're not even box score scouting when he's seven goals and 15 points in 16 games. What is their and record? he's been better than that. Their record with him is basically 500, right? Yeah. Where would they be if they didn't have Taylor Hall? <laughs> that's, that's the point. The, that's and, the follow-up and, question. And you said this on the show two weeks in a row, and yes. I think that's the point people are forgetting. They're going, oh, well, they're not winning now with Taylor Hall. They might be six points out of a playoff spot if they didn't make that yeah. trade. And by the way, their starting goaltender is also out. And, they're, and their backup goaltender is just always out. out. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I think the distinction, it's become clear to me this year, and it's weird with Ranta because this is not, I don't, we haven't seen the best of Antti Ranta this year because he's hurt or he's just not playing when Kemper's in there and he clearly can't get in a rhythm. If Ranta could stay on the ice, I think he gives you a chance to win. Kemper was winning them games. He was stealing sure. wins. Whereas Ranta and, and even, I mean, certainly Hill can't steal you games. Ranta can, but he hasn't done it this year. But And they don't think he can handle the workload anymore to be a guy who can play that consistently where he gets into a rhythm. And this is I had an interesting conversation with John Chike. I have a story running today on Antti Ranta. It's being edited right now Ooh. on how they handle this situation because this is three straight years that they can't depend on Antti Ranta. And one of the key ingredients in goaltending is dependability. Yeah. Now, you can say, I, I, I am loath to question a guy's injury and say you should be playing through some things because nobody knows but the player. On the flip side, Darcy Kemper played through a knee injury late last season when Antti Ranta was out yet again. He managed to play at a high level still when they were in a playoff push. 
I have to wonder sometimes if it gets frustrating, and I can see it on Rick Tockett's face sometimes when Auntie Rata just pulls himself out of game, like in uh, Carolina when he says after after the game, Rick Tockett said, oh, he said, said he wasn't feeling well. So maybe you could push through it for your team. I don't know. I don't know where the answer is there, but the bottom line is whether it is legitimate injuries or some of this is mental, they haven't been able to depend on this guy for three seasons. So what do you do? He's got one year left on his contract. You've talked about it. Do you go get maybe a slightly lesser version, but some guy that you know is going to be there when you need him? I mean, this stretch right before the break was so crucial to this team with Darcy Kemper out. You think you can rely on Auntie Ranta. He's out with an injury again. And and, and as we talked about that before the Taylor Hall trade about why you keep Ranta, that was the scenario. That was, and this was before Kemper got hurt. He went, okay, they can now survive. They still will get high quality goaltending, and they do when he's on the ice, but he's just not on the ice very much. I, I, I trust the player and the coach to make those evaluations because they're much closer to the situation, and they have a lot more context in terms of just the history of the game. But we have seen, in that, and I won't name the player's name, but there were there was a player that was consistently like that uh, in the Tippett era, and you could see when you, you talk to Dave about him, and he's like, oh well, he's. He, he couldn't get up today or he couldn't practice today. It would be nice to see him out there. It would be nice to see him push through some of these Maintenance things. Maintenance day. You, you, you hear right. these things, and I will trust that when it's a coach saying those things, it knows the player, knows what the injury is, and knows the context of it that it's being put in. If that's the case, I can understand there being frustration. I don't feel like the player and the coach are even on the same page here. I feel like there's times where Rick Tockett would like to see him push through it. And and listen, goalies are a little bit different. I, I will grant you that with like core injuries, things in that area. It's really key to their movements. I get that. But there's still there's that fine line where you'd like to see a guy push through for his team. And again, I don't know if that's the case with Auntie Ranta or not. But I wonder about it. And I think others wonder about it, too. And I think that reputation may be impacting this team's confidence in Auntie Ranta. It's it's a tough spot with a goalie because if you put him out there, even if he isn't, even if he doesn't get further injury, if he's thinking about it for a split second and he doesn't move to the right quickly enough or whatever, then he's just ineffective. And Ranta has not looked nearly as effective since the calendar flipped to twenty twenty, basically since they've needed him. But I, I just I, you look at the this last stretch, and if, if the thought is well, when Kemper comes back, they'll just be winning all their games again. And there's other stuff missing that well, just goaltending. There's a couple games where they didn't even score. Yeah. But even like on the goaltending thing, one last point is look, nobody's advocating for an injured player to be playing. But, and again, we, I don't know this, this is just talking more macro. There's a difference between asking an injured player to play and asking a hurt player to play. Is he, is he truly injured or is he hurt? I don't know the answer to that. But if it's just hurt, you would like to see a player push through, especially when the team needs it. If he's injured, then he's injured or sick. Yeah. She's had he's been sick a few times. And, and by the way, I, and I reference this in the story, I had a couple sources tell me this was a problem in Chicago, too. This is why he lost the backup job to Scott Darling. Joel Quinville at some point decided he couldn't trust him anymore. And he was gone the next season. Next season. He was in New York. There's also a difference between asking a player to play hurt and a goalie to play hurt. But, yeah, I see there what is. you're saying. There is. Yeah. Um, and again, you got it. You just I, I don't know where I'm sitting. I just don't know what the player is experiencing. But. The optics are what they are. Bottom line is, the past three seasons, they haven't been able to depend on Auntie Ranta. So do you go into that final year of his contract saying, OK, let's manage manage his workload even more like John Chaika's talking about? He, think, he, he thinks there's a certain way you can play him. 
okay, do you do you go into that final season saying this is how we're going to do it? And then what happens when the plan blows up like it did this year? Yeah, because is it even worth it at that point? Because I'd imagine yeah. best case scenario, you want Darcy Kemper playing 55 games, right? I yeah. mean, so if you're having to come up with all these plans just to manage your backup and not even be able to rely on him if Kemper goes down... Uh, well, then what do you do? Like, this, this to me is the most... A third, are you carrying a third goaltender? Call Eric Comrie I mean, back? But I mean, like, w- w- like, what do you do there? Because I don't think... At this point, I think it's very clear, Kemper's the, the bell cow. So what do you... So to have this plan for your backup just seems like a lot of extra logistics that are not necessary. As, as talented as he is, it's a lot of extra questions there. This, it to is. me, is the most disappointing year with him, refreshing year, because... You're talking two years ago, he was really good when he played, and he, he went on a tear. Last year, he gets hurt. They were fortunate because Kemper stepped in and was amazing. But this year, when they needed him to step in, and he just he, he like I said, he's either been ineffective or hurt or not on the ice. It's it almost feels like their record is worse than six, seven, and one without Kemper. But that's it since he left. Let me ask you this: it, He played seven straight starts after Kemper, Kemper went down, but two of them were before the Christmas break. So he comes out of the break, plays five straight starts. John Chaika talked about that, how how he, he's not built for that sort of workload. Um, at the same time, it didn't feel like they overplayed him because, you know, when you lose your starting goalie, you're forced into that situation where you're trying to survive. OK, that, to be honest, it sounded like doublespeak to me in a little yeah. bit. They did. They did overplay him. So is that a matter of you really not having faith in Aiden Hill or – did Rick Tockett mismanage the goaltending situation in in that run there, well, where he played him five straight games out of Christmas break in eight days, mind you, yeah, which is a really yeah. tight stretch. And in the fifth game, he left after the second period against Philadelphia. But what's weird, though, is the last three games he played, he gave up one to St. Louis, mm-hmm. two to Anaheim, and two to Philadelphia before he left. Like He was playing better. No one's questioning point. his talent. I don't think talent is, is the question. No, but I'm saying at the end of that stretch is actually when he was playing his best hockey. It, it, it's weird because both things can be true in, in the sense that I understand why the decision's made, and in, in theory, you want to be able to say, okay, well, we, we're paying him this money, we thought he was going to be our starter, he's got to be able to carry your starter's load when Kemper's out. But then you also have to be mindful that, are you cutting off your nose to spite your face here, and are you, are you putting yourself in a scenario where, well, we don't want to use Aiden Hill or insert backup here for one game, but risking a high probability of having to use that backup for three or four games because you didn't use him in that one game and Ronta got hurt. Like, I think you have to, to Craig's point... You have to manage the player that's in front of you now, not the idea of the player that's in front of you. And the player that's in front of you now has a significant injury history with your team and you ha- and has to be managed as such, regardless of what he's getting paid and regardless of what you would like to happen mm. at and this reg- point. Probably regardless who the backup is at yes. this point. So you're saying they should have played Aiden Hill? Yes. Yeah? They, they probably should have broken that I understand why up. he didn't. I, I understand why. Yeah, because they, I mean, they had, what, I think, but, two back-to-backs in the, in the stretch they were looking at where Kemper was supposed to be out. They figured they were going to have two back-to-back. So they figured they would get, like, there was the Christmas break, like you said, and then there was a little bit of a break. Yeah, the the five games and eight nights is tough. But I, I think you're approaching it at that point, at least, as saying you don't expect playing him too much is going to cause an injury, although apparently it does. Maybe it does. I mean, but he hadn't played that much to yeah. that point, so they've probably figured he's fresh. There, there's some logic to that. To that mindset, right? Yeah, yeah. Five games in eight days does seem like a lot, but when a guy's really fresh and he's playing well, you think, okay, maybe we can do this. But maybe his his body simply isn't cut out to handle that kind of workload, which tells you also that Antti Ranta is a backup in this league. Yes. Look, go- goaltending reminds me a lot of pitching. 
That just the, the act itself is an injury risk. Everybody that plays a position has a higher rate of injury than any other position on the ice. And sometimes you got to skip a start with somebody that has a history of arm issues, or in this case, a history of soft tissue issues, just to make sure they st- just to give yourself the best chance that they stay healthy longer. Or we could just stop letting uh, players on the other team skate from left to right behind the Coyotes' net because that's where they all seem to get hurt. Do you think like people are seeing that now on tape and saying, "Hey, you know what? The the wraparound with the Coyotes prob- probably works because nobody seems to stop you when you try it." Yeah, no one meets <laughs> you at is- the far post and knocks you on your. Isn't that essentially where Kemper got hurt? It wasn't really a wraparound, but it was somebody skating behind the net that same way. And it's certainly where Ranta got hurt. And now Ranta doesn't move left to right very quickly. I mean, or right to left. I guess it doesn't really matter. Um, How big is the stretch for Tockett and the Coyotes coming out of this break? This is a tough schedule coming out of this break. Yeah, it is. February is crazy. Yeah. Mrs. Rita says it's going to be a good month, though. So so that's all I care about. No. I. I asked this question in the show notes, and I, I, people keep uh, obviously people keep asking us this: Is Rick Toggett on the hot seat? They should fire Rick Toggett. You, you keep hearing that stuff. Why? He, he was coach. What everybody of, else is doing. He was a coach of the year. Is what everybody like else is ago. doing. And the expectations. This is this is the NHL now, right? I mean, he's the eleventh longest tenured coach in the NHL. He's been on the job for two and a half. I know years. he's not even through his yeah. third season, but that's he's my a wily, point. He's, he's a wily veteran. <laughs> now there are a lot of things to consider here. I don't think John Chaika is a a guy who's going to make rash decisions. He, he it's just not his personality. He's not reactionary. So he's he's looking at underlying numbers. I'm sure he's looking at a lot of things. He's looking at the fact that their starting goaltender has been out, and that's a problem. And their schedule has been crazy. But if you get through a third season. Of Rick Tockett's four-year contract, and this team has not made the playoffs, what are you doing then? Well, Is it fair at that point to say, we didn't take the step forward that all of us said at the start of the season they needed to take this season? Yeah, I think you have to look at specifics, though. You can't just say, let's make a change for the sake of making a change. You have to say, what did Tockett not do that we want the next coach to do? You can't just say wins, because if you're looking at the big picture right now, it would be, well, Kemper missed a big chunk of the season, and his backup goalie was hurt, and a guy they're about to pay $7 million to is... He's like good for a month and then he's yes. bad for it. Like, like when he's, he's bad, bad look he, at another he thing. disappears. You brought in Phil Housley to get more offense out of your blue line. You're not getting it. Also, You're still not getting more offense out of their blue line. You brought in a different Phil this year to get some more offense up front. You yeah. also... We're a team that was the most injured team in hockey last year and still were only a couple points out. If you don't improve on that, I don't want to hear about injuries this season. But what if they improve on the points and the points and that that still doesn't get them in the playoffs? We'll see. It depends on how the Pacific goes. I don't think Tockett's in any danger in season, but I do think those questions are going to be asked in the offseason. And if they don't make the playoffs, I would be shocked if he would get an extension. And this might be, a, right. okay, going into the last year, you're going to coach on this last year. Yep. The other factor is, is is who you would in this hypothetical scenario is who would you bring in? That, do you that, have somebody specifically in mind, or are you just going to open up a coaching search? Which if you can do that, then you don't you do it in the off season. I you feel do like it that would be a mistake. Season. The players respond so well to talk it, and I don't I don't I'm know all advocating. the ins and outs on the other on, on the other teams that have fired coaches. But it, just because the other teams are firing their coaches doesn't mean you should too. No, I agree. And again, go back to John Chaika too and his personality. It's just not who he is. Yeah, we're not advocating for that. We're but, just breaking down the scenario that is going to happen. And look, if if they don't make the playoffs or they get or they go in the first round and get swept, he, that seat's going to be warm in the in the off season. It's going to be unlike the studio. Yeah, yeah, I know it's happened. freezing. Here, you guys talk, but that, 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 it's going to be warm, and I think it's fair. I think it's fair because now you're starting to be. You've been here a number of years. 
you've now had a lot of talent added around you mm-hmm. and on your team. Where is the tangible progress? Again, these are all hypotheticals if things go poorly. You open up with back-to-back games against the two Southern California teams. Those better, win them be, both. those better be win-win. I agree. Win I, Anaheim. I, I think they're both must-wins because of the way this team is played. They need to come out of the break hot and beat those two teams before they jump into that crazy February schedule. Which, by the way, is home Blackhawks, home Oilers, home Hurricanes, at Boston, at Montreal, at Toronto, at Ottawa. Oh, what then, time is that Boston game after a home game on uh, uh, Thursday? 1 p.m. That's right. Uh, oh, and then, by the way, you come well back done, home. Well done, NHL. Well done. <laughs> Wait. By the way, they, they play at home. Saturday night and then in Boston, or I'm sorry, at home Thursday night and then in Boston basically Saturday, Saturday morning. Yes, yes. Uh, oh, by the way, <laughs> Saturday morning for them. And then after after that road schedule, after which a, a cross country flight, yeah, which goes Boston and then Montreal, Toronto, back to back nights in Ottawa. Then they come back home and are greeted by the Capitals, the Islanders. Then have to go back on the road to Dallas, St. Louis. Then come back home against the Lightning and the Panthers, and then the Sabres, which they should have, and then at Vancouver to open March. Okay, but the upside is... It's brutal. They're still in a playoff spot. They're one point out of first. Kemper should be back. Kemper should be back. Yes. Keller plays better off of breaks, and Hall has been... They'll be thinning. fresh. They'll be healthy. I, I think I think everybody should be back, right? I mean, Richardson should be yeah. back. Osterley, Osterley hasn't played well. I'm not even sure he should be in the lineup right now, but they should have healthy bodies. By the way, Brad Richardson needs to show yeah. much more than he's shown. But, I mean, certain players, just because they're they're fresh or they've had a break, don't necessarily produce. We do have a track record of Keller producing at the start of every season. So, And this is such a long break that it's almost like a... Like a restart in the middle of the year. Well, they have a lot of guys that need to play better. And again, mm-hmm. it, start, it starts at the top. It starts with the guys that are getting paid. Mm-hmm. And you have one line of guys that are getting paid that are doing their job, and you have a second line that are not. Connor Garland's been impressive. Yes, he Connor has. Garland's been terrific. Yeah. I, you know, and I, I hesitate to say this, but you know, I, I know they love the magic between those two guys, and I agree it's there, and you can go back to it at times. I'd split those guys up. Because I think Taylor Hall is going to ignite any line he's on, and I think Connor Garland's going to ignite any line he's on. I've seen it from Connor Garland. Yeah. He brings energy to every line he's on. Yes, they that need a spark risky, somewhere else. When you're it only, is when it's your only line that's. But doing you're not anything. winning. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Again, come come out of the break with a win win. You're be- you are a significantly better team than the two teams you're going to play coming out of the break. You need to win both those games. Yep. Because you might go 500 the rest of the month. We uh, we saw McDavid and Drysaddle. And as Craig put in the notes, best one-two duos in NHL history. Who do you have on this list? Uh, I don't even know who who would be the second guy for Edmonton. Would it be Messier? Messier, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, Messier. that's Lemieux, that's, Yager. Yep, those are the two that I had that are just elite, yeah. elite Hall of Fame players. This is elite, I would say. Yeah, they uh, are. Crosby, Malkin was elite when they Kane were. Panera. Oh, uh, that's Kane, Kane Tit. Uh, too bad Jonathan Taves right. fell off. He was never that no, major that, point no, producer. Kane Sod? No. Uh, oof. I think McDavid Drysaddle. I, I don't have like the full list in front of me, but when you say the ones that the ones that jump out to me are Gretzky, Messier, Lemieux, Yager, Crosby, Malkin, McDavid Drysaddle. Yeah. I'm sure I'm forgetting a couple. Um, if we go back farther in history, like to some of the great Montreal teams. Yeah, I mean, I, do you consider like Stamkos Kucherov a, an amazing one level. too? Yeah, not, not that, that level. level. You got to have success too, I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, 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 I mean, well, maybe, well yeah. I mean, <laughs> not if we're talking about David. I, I mean, we'll see. I mean, again, there's the. I, I mean, McKinnon Rantanen could be. We could be talking about them in a couple of years like that. Uh, <laughs> Craig <laughs> slowly moving moves the bell. The bell. <sighs> it, it's too bad though that that Tippett killed their offense uh, for those two guys. Right, their careers right. are ruined. He has now no idea. With their how to coach offense. Seventy-five and seventy-six points in forty-nine games. That, that guy. 
Uh, I believe his defensive system. Yes. By the way, <laughs> Luke is rummaging through his things. I don't know if he's. Oh, you have. Is that the Mallard? The that was unnamed named? duck. This is unnamed. This is an this unnamed is duck unnamed that duck. sat in your car overnight last night. He's. It was, uh, it was pretty chilly last he's night. He's here. It's a good thing he's got that down. Well, we all know Luke's a bad parent. Just Not as a reminder that feathers. Jack Johnson scored on Matt Murray since the last time we did a show. Wait, what's his name? Didn't, yeah. He doesn't have a name yet. Why not? He's about. How to long be have you had this duck? Uh, well, you don't. You don't just throw names out willy nilly. Well, I mean, they usually ask you at the hospital. Yeah. I haven't taken him to the hospital yet. He didn't oh, so no shots either. No, no vaccinations. No. I would oh. stay away from this duck. Is he fixed? Does he look like he doesn't look like a very healthy duck? It looks like he's fixed, though. I can't. I don't notice any. Yeah. Stop looking at the protrusions. Duck, <laughs> I'm gonna put the duck on. <laughs> um, uh, uh, this seems like a nice transition to the All Star game. So it's Matt, is it? We're going to call him Matt. If Matt Murray doesn't start stopping shots, yes. Uh, Matt Murray's won five games in a row, hasn't he? Well, if he doesn't start Tristan stopping the one shots that's a, from Jack Tristan Jari's the one that's allowed three goals a game for the last month. Hate to break it down. How about that win over uh, Boston? That was that was something. Something that they never do. So they just never beat Boston. I need to look up Matt Murray's save percentage by period because I feel like his first periods are always a disaster, and then he somehow gets it together. Yeah, like I feel like that happens. Like I look up and the Penguins are already down two nothing, and I go, "Oh, Matt Murray must be in net tonight," and then it just stays with that same two goals the rest of the game. He was in net for the game against the Bruins. though. He was. He's won five in a row. So he, as I yeah, just but, but he gave up the three to start the game, and then did yeah. he win or did he not? He did win. Well, Jari's been winning too. Yeah, they're both winning because the Penguins keep winning because the Penguins are a good team despite the fact that they don't have any healthy players ever. Yeah, and they keep losing players, and it doesn't matter. I, that's it's what I'm the saying. Like, thing. The Penguins do this every year. <laughs> yes, it is the weirdest thing. The Penguins do this every year. Mike Sullivan, who would absolutely be Who's, my vote for Coach of the Year yeah, this year. Uh, him and Tortorella are close for me. But yes, one, two, in any or in whatever order you want. Um, also, that's going to be a fun game tonight, Penguins Flyers. Yeah, it always is. Everybody loves a good Penguins is Flyers that, game. Is that the most exciting rivalry game for people that are not fans of either team? Yeah, because it's just if you want to watch the world burn. That's pretty yes. much what it is. It's... Typically, a bunch of guys get hurt, and uh, the Flyers do something stupid, and it always gets under the Penguins' skin, and they get in the Penguins' head. As much as uh, Pittsburgh never beats Boston, they always seem to have a hard time with Philadelphia, too. Um, but yeah, to come back and beat Boston like that is atypical for the Penguins. And I'm trying to pull up Crosby's point total, but he's basically putting up two every, every single game so do, far. Do you think when Kovalchuk goes into the Hall of Fame, he'll wear a Montreal <laughs> Good <sweater>? God. <laughs> So yeah, sick of Kovalchuk. That's true. I mean, if I'm going to sit here and bring up Crosby's numbers, I really should be focusing on the true MVP, Ilya Kovalchuk, since he got true. to Montreal. Has been unstoppable. And Crazy, so have the Canadians. <laughs> no, wait. No, they haven't. Oh, wait. No. No. Um, Craig, would you like to apologize to the fine people of Montreal? For? For, think, right. for doubting Ilya Kovalchuk? Uh, no. Oh. Uh, yeah, Crosby. Not, really. three, not feeling it. Three goals, five assists in his first four games back. That's not one of those players. Did we had somebody write in last week that said they were sitting next to a Penguins fan at the Coyotes game that said they don't want Crosby back because he's going to mess up the chemistry? Huh. Well, people say stupid things all the time. <laughs> but just the way Crosby plays, like his style of game is, is even if you don't like him, that style is not something your team has to adjust to. Also, any sentence that starts with, I don't want the best one of the best players in the world back on my team because it will mess up my chemistry. And what was the voice you used when you did that? I don't know. I, just, just I don't heard want that. the best player. I don't want... <laughs> Things are clicking right now. I don't want that McDavid fella well, back that, in the... I don't know what that's This is like a holographic accent that changes every two Spe- seconds. Speaking of players not playing as well as people expected, uh, Max Domi, 12 goals, 34 points this year. So uh, let's hold Let's hold the phone on the number one center. We all called it, too. We all called the regression when, at the beginning of the season. 
Yes. Although Tomas Tatar is having a pretty good season for them. Detroit could use somebody like Can that. Can you do more impersonations? I, I just have to feel it. Okay. I have to feel it in the moment. <laughs> you can't force something like that, Craig. I'm trying to pull up Kovalchuk's numbers, and they don't even have eight, one. Eight. eight points in eight games? Yeah, four, 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 eight, and eight. Do you think this is a an Anthony Duclair situation here in Montreal for Kovalchuk? Yeah, just You don't have just to play go. defense? Yeah. Just go. Yeah. Just do whatever you want. We need offense. It works. It's working. I mean, I, I, not for him. I don't think it's good. Yeah, I mean. Not for them. I mean, they're paying him nothing, so whatever. The Kings are paying him all the money. So true. For, for what, essentially, true. league minimum? Hey, thanks, by all LA. means. So I said, perfectly fine to add him on your third line. But for they're nothing. already out of the playoff race. Yeah, they're done. This run by Kovalchuk is why Craig gets a flurry of tweets every time a player that's basically at the end of their career might become available and they're like why don't the coyotes go after him <laughs> because of what kovalchuk's doing right now it's going to get crazy whoever i don't know who that next guy's going to be like joe thornton's going to be available yeah. in five years and people are going to be like we need yeah. thornton but just remember it's because of kovalchuk Craig. i think joe thornton's got four more years left than him no that's what i'm saying that it'll be so <laughs> somebody extreme. gonna pay kovalchuk no montreal no are they gonna pay him i at can the end see of the them year? yeah no if ever a team would buy into this don't you think oh, it'd be montreal well they're in love with him up there csk st petersburg will pay him yeah so wait, so we we think we can honestly rule out six teams in the East? That's where I am. Yes. I'm I'm cutting off Buffalo, Montreal, the Rangers, Ottawa, New Jersey, and Detroit. Obviously Detroit. Yes. Well, you can definitely rule out Ottawa, Detroit, and New Jersey. Yeah. I'm I'm cutting the other three off, if, too. If Buffalo ever decides to win a game away from home, then maybe. But no, th- those teams aren't making it. Just to play... It's a 10-team race. Devil's advocate. Okay. I mean, no, they're not no. making it either. Okay. No, I tried. Ten-team um, race in the East, in, okay. in the West. Everybody's still de- in it, except they the really Anaheim and L.A. I mean, you could even say Minnesota's in this race still, yes. San Jose's. <sighs> San Jose's a The California back. teams are done. Yeah. That's it. Do you know the Devils have lost, like, seven, uh, 75% of their losses are by multiple goals? <laughs> like, they're lucky Detroit exists because... The, and yet their the goal terrible. differential is only, like, half as bad as yes. Detroit's. It's minus 47. Mm-hmm. But they were constructed to try and make the playoffs this year. Oh, well, there's that. Oops, Detroit. They is, fired their coach and their GM. That didn't seem to in really. Close succession, too, which is banished, a rarity. Banished the best player to the desert. And uh, here we are. And then they pointed to those. They had those two odd wins over Washington and Tampa. And everybody said, this is what happens when you switch your GM midseason. Yep. How does that help? How does help uh, switching your GM midseason instantly impact you on the ice? It doesn't. All right, good. I just need that. Even Detroit's won twelve games this year. Like you're going to win a couple games, as bad as you are. Uh, do you want to get to the athletic player poll? Ooh, did you guys read it? Yes, uh, I've read you most. Of it. Did Jamie read most of it, which is like a normal person reading. Right, it's the whole got thing. pretty pictures, so I read the pictures. So, what was the most interesting to you? I've obviously, uh, I feel a little biased well, here. I don't want to. I, I think Luke was offended that Tom Wilson only came in second for the dirtiest player. Yeah, in the league. well, the best I player. In the league poll, 63% said Connor McDavid. Nick's closest was Nathan McKinnon at 17%. So that was a landslide. I'm surprised it was that big uh, from players. Like, I understand the fans are like, oh, McDavid plays in Edmonton, and so it's not even close. But typically, almost every player I've ever talked to about this says Crosby's still the best player. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying he is, but I'm surprised it was that overwhelming for McDavid. Hmm. Unless all these players are lying to me. I'm surprised that many people wanted to drink beer with Sidney Crosby. Sid was third. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I honestly thought that was going to be like 43% McDavid, 40% Crosby, and then you know a few other. Because it was the players, not media. Media mm-hmm. has obviously been pushing the McDavid's the greatest player of all time narrative since before he played a game. Also, I'm very, very happy to see that the, the athletic players poll agrees with us about the most underrated player in the NHL. Because we were talking Sasha? about Sa- Sasha Barkov. Yeah, but two years in a row they've been doing Yeah, right? Nobody didn't, pays yeah. attention. Yeah, but didn't Barkov win it two years in a row yeah. here? So. Yeah. Dirtiest player in the league? Brad Marchand. Do you see some of the comments? 
Yeah. <laughs> they don't like Brad Marchand. Um, How about this from one Divi- Pacific Division player? I know guys who are cheap. There are a lot of rats in this league. Kachuk's a rat. Brad Marchand's a rat. But I wouldn't call them dirty. <laughs> and then someone else said, Marchand can do some shady shh. I can't say that on the air. <laughs> It depends how – I mean, if you want to – who's the most annoying player? Who's the biggest instigator? I would think Marshawn. If you're just yeah. saying who's the dirtiest player, that should be 100% Tom Wilson. He's a dirty player. He tries to injure people and end their careers or whatever. Do you think uh, – best defensive defenseman, Victor Hedman, won it. Um, but Shea Weber, Ryan McDonough, Mark Giordano, and Jacob Slavin were on this list as well. I'm surprised Nick Chalmerson wasn't. Do you think the injury hurt him this season because he's just been out? Yeah. yeah, I mean, he got what one, two, three, four, five, five. So he was fifth on the mention. By the way, anything that has Mark Edward Vlasic above Nick Jarmuson shows me that these players haven't watched the game in the last it, two years. Really? That's what I was thinking too. Yeah, but the thing is, as a as a player, like you just you just know who you don't want to go up against. Well, I, I just Shea Weber's been living off this reputation for five years now. Shea Weber's fine. It's like Shea Weber's not the second like best Pro Bowl voting to me yes. a little bit, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. So doing something crazy like letting Xavier Rhodes go to the Pro Bowl this year, something just wild that you couldn't even imagine happening. But, I mean, yeah, some of this is, is interesting to me. Uh, I just think with Weber, it's probably like, who do I not want to stand in front of his slap shot? Yeah, or, well, it's going to the corners with. Because like, Chalmers is not a physical guy. But in terms of shot suppression and yeah. expected goal differential against when he's on the ice, it, he has a huge impact. Yeah, but as the next question, or one of these later questions points out, players don't pay attention to analytics. Yeah, there's yeah. that. So that's the problem. But, I mean, I, I really do think as, as a player, you're asked, like, who's the best defensive defenseman? You're like, I, I hate playing against Victor Hedman. I hate playing against Shea Weber. So you probably right. don't hate playing against Nicholas Jalmerson because he's not going to punish you, right. but you're never going to get a shot on goal with yeah. him out there. But that's not the sort of thing where you're putting your skates on and you like dread going out there that night. Whereas, if, yeah, if you're going up against Shea Weber, that's probably not very fun. I was a little surprised Carey Price was the runaway. Best Me too. In the actually, league. I was going to ask you guys oh, about that's, that. So that's for who you'd want in Game Seven of the Cup Final. I I don't know that he's who I'd want. I don't think I'd want him either at this point. No, I don't know who it is. I, I mean, so maybe if I don't have a good answer, then maybe it should be Price. I guess. It's, I guess because of the the, no. the history uh, in the playoffs. If you have to have a playoff resume, sorry, how many cups has Carey Price won? None. Okay, stop. How many? The, cups the best is... goaltender in the last ten years in the playoffs for the, for the Canadians was Yaroslav Halak. No, don't bring that. Like, let's 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 me. stop with this this Carey Price nonsense of the last few years. <laughs> how many it's cups? Complete is... nonsense. It's Carey Price nonsense. <laughs> the, the country of Canada like, once Carey Price was See? born. There it is again. When Jamie gets angry, the New York yes. comes out. The, the answer is Tukarask. That's the answer for this. Yeah. One. I, here's the thing, though. Price is a safe answer because he's never going to be in a game seven of a playoff sure. series. Never be, you're never be put in the situation ever again. So, so you'll never be proven wrong. Yeah, look, Carey Price has had a great career. Don't get me wrong, but this is another one that's living off a reputation of five years ago. But that's—I don't think players vote based on reputation because they didn't have to answer, right, Craig? If they didn't want to answer, they just didn't have to answer. Correct. I don't think they're doing it. I don't think they're necessarily saying oh, reputation, but they're just—they've—they've already locked in what their opinion is of them. Right. Player, you most like Lundqvist is what six, seven, eight, ninth. Lundqvist is the third best goaltender on his current team, and he's ninth on this list. Oh, I didn't even see the players who had received multiple votes. Like he's ninth. Jonathan Quick is tenth. Jonathan Jonathan Quick. Quick. Jonathan Quick is still an answer for a lot of people. It just blows me away. Quick Crawford. He is an awful goaltender now. Corey Pay attention. I was shocked that Jonathan Quick was still a goaltender. Pay attention. So okay, Quick and Corey Crawford are ahead of Robin Lehner, a letter of Connor Hellebuck, Darcy Kemper, like. Stop. Also, Martin Jones got a vote. Don't yeah, Martin Jones. <laughs> Martin Jones hasn't stopped the shot in three seasons, and he got a vote. Martin Jones was able to vote in this poll. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Um, 
That's right. He answered himself. Yeah, he absolutely did. For uh, for best player, and I hate that I have to stick up for the capital here, but why isn't Ovechkin even in the top five? I don't know, but he is the, the, he is number one in terms of the player you'd most like to have a beer with. Well, obviously. Yes. Although he would drink all of it and you wouldn't get Crosby anything. Crosby, too, is interesting, though. That, I, yeah, I was shocked by that one. Yeah. yeah. This one also surprised me. The athletic player poll for outdoor games. We had too many, not enough, or just right. 58% said just right. That surprised me. Mm-hmm. What did you think? Like 57% or what? No, I would think they'd say too many. I wonder if it's because so many players want to play in that game and a lot of them haven't had the opportunity. Yeah, I would assume it feels all the like ones, it's about right. All the ones that voted too many were Blackhawks. Yeah. That's, they've, that's, they've, yeah. they've played and, uh, 500. How many pay attention to advanced dance? 86% said no. 86%. That's lower than I thought. I honestly thought it was going to be like 95% no, 5% yes. Yeah. Um, All right. That's enough of that. All-star game. You did put it in the notes. I did. <sighs> Do you like that it's in a city, NHL city every year? Or would it be cool to have it in a cool site like the Pro Bowls in Hawaii? No, they should D- put it a in different cool site. A different site, though, every year. Yes. Don't just put it in like Saskatoon every year. Like, or any rotate. year. But You'd still like to see it rotate through different areas so that it's accessible to people in different regions of the country or North America, I guess. Yeah, yes. but it doesn't have to be, although I guess you're going to have a hard, like I'm sort of picturing like an outdoor game somewhere in Canada. It's going to be tough to send a bunch of, hey, all you all-stars are going to Lethbridge or Moose Jaw. Play outdoors. It'll be 20 it, below, but yeah. it'll it be great. Tough, is it any tougher to go to the Medicine Hat than it is Winnipeg? I mean, I do like the idea of mixing in an all-star game that's outdoors. If yes. you're going to play it in yes, one of those climates, please. do it outdoors. Yeah. Make that but you should also game. consider doing it in crazy locations. Also, I by think. the way, your all-star game should be the outdoor game on New Year's Day. That's when you should have your all-star break. Should be that. That should be the game. It's a perfect idea. Just do I that. agree. Make the Winter Classic the All Star Game. This was my idea. Like I know. A year and a half no, ago. I, I never heard that. And, and I, and I Jamie's been, original idea. Yeah. I've also been giving you credit for that for like Jamie. That's three a shows. great idea. I, I know. If this is Matt, Jamie's original idea, Matt to pump you this up. This is his first ever original that. idea. But no, I, I would like a different spot every year. Do it in Vegas one year. Do it. I mean, I mean if you, well, are you just, thinking like Hawaii or like? Yeah, why not? You think the players wouldn't like that? Give them an All Star game they actually wanted to attend. Yes. Oh, we're doing it on Kauai? Sure, I'll go. But I don't think any nobody would be in the crowd for the game. Yes, oh, yes they would. Oh, yes, they I think they would. would. It would be an event and people would descend on P- it. People in be Canada so cool. will travel to, like, the, I don't know, Luxembourg to watch 16-year-olds put the puck in the back of the net. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll fly to Hawaii to watch an All-Star game. By the way, in January when it's cold as hell up there. And speaking of Europe, do it there once. Showcase your game in Europe. Have the All-Stars play in Europe. Prague. Are you thinking Prague? Prague, Stockholm, Helsinki, wherever you want to go. One of these hockey capitals Feels in like Europe. Craig wants to travel to certain places. I don't go to the All Star Game ever, so you this would. is not going yeah. to involve. No, I would. It was in Hawaii. I, I think if, when the Athletic is handing out passes to go to the yeah, All Star Game, say. I'm way down the list. No. So there's two things, Craig. There, there are three things Craig won't do: mock drafts. Go to the All-Star Game or go to the NHL Awards with us. That's the only three things he will refuse yes, to do. The key part of that is with you guys. Yeah, <laughs> We're going to see Craig at the NHL Bay- Awards. Oh, oh, this is awkward. <laughs> yeah, Kepper getting hurt and then th- this, this. I thought the beard would be enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely going to happen. We're going to look over and see Craig in the media room like, right, is right. that Craig? And he's going to be like, nope. <laughs> yeah, Kepper getting hurt and then the Coyotes' little rough stretch here really hurt the chances of any Coyotes being uh Asked to go to Vegas for those awards. Sweet. True. Another year for me to skip. <sighs> you skipped last year and they... Well, the other part of it is it's... Yeah. NHL's so they stupid They do it two days before the, the draft because exactly. they're stupid. It's so dumb. Cause Cause it's in different locations. Because they're imbeciles. Do both in the same spot. Correct. Jamie, well, hold on though. Can you just 
refresh my memory. Did we see any media members at the award show last year that were also going to the draft? Oh no, we saw a lot of them. Actually. Yeah, all well, of the them. majority of them. Yes, all of them fact. except us, basically, yeah. <laughs> including yeah, including other people at the athletic. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Supposedly there was some party that uh, at the athletic Craig had to go to that he could. There was a party. Uh, it was a rooftop party. It was really cool in Vancouver. Yeah, and next year I'll be in Montreal. I've never summer. had a party. In oh, Vegas. you're be in Montreal. You guys can always come to Montreal for so, the draft. So uh, for, for those of you Canadian fans that are still listening and you want to say hi to Craig and, think, and ask him about his Canadians' opinions <laughs> next year, I want an exclusive one-on-one with Ilya Kovalchuk while you're there. <laughs> uh, listener questions? Shall we? Sure. Let's. Eldon. Hello, can- Eldon. Only eat one kind of M&M the rest of your life. What do you choose? Eldon votes peanut butter. Yes, and you had an opinion on Eldon's choice, first of all. Well, yeah. Well, because Eldon, I believe, also says, like, hashtag I'm a ketchup on a hot dog crew or something That's there. That's unacceptable. Uh, so yes. those are two bad food takes all around. It's embarrassing, one tweet. Eldon. Uh, it's really it's embarrassing. a newer one, but uh, I'm a big... You say coconut, you're out of here. No, the white chocolate M&Ms are fantastic. They're good, but I'm still going with traditional. Traditional M&Ms are still the best. Bob Heathouse, by the way... Peanut M&M's on the plane all the time. Maybe really? two bags. They are his kryptonite. Hmm. Never seen him eat a, a oh, peanut, M&M. peanut M&M's. With him for Ask him about peanut M&M's. I can uh, tolerate In fact, just bring him a bag. Also, peanut butter is the correct answer. So Eldon was happy. Peanut butter really? M&M's? Yeah. Yes. No. Really? So wrong. But no. he was no. so wrong with team ketchup on hot dogs that it cancels out his answer. Peanut butter with the Reese's peanut butter cup. It's about the ratio, first of all. Yes. And the ratio is all wrong with M&M's and that crunch. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. No. no, it's perfect. Also, mini M&M's where it's at because you get a greater chocolate to uh, chocolate surface area ratio. So, Have you had the crispy ones? Those are weird. No, I haven't. They're like round Kit Kat bites. It's very strange. Interesting. Hmm. I tried There's... these Canadian ones once. Yeah. No, those were not M&M's. Those I were know. Smarties. They were M&M's, so... Um, there's a lot of weird M&M flavors now if you look these up. It's there true. is coconut and there's mint and none of them are oh. good. Okay, mint's trash, I'll just say that in general. <laughs> like I don't want to I don't want to eat toothpaste ice cream. I don't want to eat toothpaste M&Ms. I don't want to eat uh, this garbage. Garbage. Get it Garble? out of here. I think there's garbage. Wow. This is becoming Jamie's food take corner every time we do listener questions now. Oh, this is good stuff. Keep talking. I'm trying to find all, like the, a French the all, all, all the other French chefs. This is his French chef impersonation. Garbage. Why Garbage. is it this hard to find? The, the coconut? I, okay. No. So Marmel. Co- You're oh. actually looking these up. Coconut yeah. is like... Oh, Mexican eh. jalapeno peanut is one, oh. which I have not had. That's interesting. I, was, uh, I went for a, a hike near Canyon Lake yesterday, and there's a little shop there, an ice cream shop, and they sell flavored... This sounds delightful, corn. by the way. But the, some of the flavors they had were just bizarre. Oh, like cookies and cream popcorn. Yes, yeah, I don't like no. the sweet ones. There, there's a nice no. popcorn shop uh, by the Kewlin area for those of you that are in the Arizona area on Scottsdale and Tacoma. Those of you that are as bougie as Jamie. Um, I don't live near the Kewlin area, but there's like a custom po- – yeah, and they have all – because my girlfriend loves them. And they've all these weird – I mean, there's like 80 flavors of popcorn. And some of them are like, like, like candy cane. And I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm out. Yeah, yeah mint. Because well, you guys already said mint. Is trash, well, but like any of the ones, like, I don't he want. Said, he said garbage, oh, oh, garbage, garbage. Kiss, Mint is trash. All right, so let's, let's move on. Hold on. That's enough. Apparently, on. there's, oh my there's God. hazelnut M and M's. Uh, okay. That I would 60. eat. Hazelnut M and M's. Hazelnut is kind of like. I'm intrigued. At least. Pretzel. Have you had Hazel? pretzel? No. I've had pretzel. Pre- pretzel, anything's good. Coffee uh, nut. I don't agree with that. Um, English pretzel coffee peanut. No. You don't like pretzel and chocolate? No. No. I prefer them separate, but I can tolerate them together. All right. Um. Tommy. Tommy. Hi, Tommy. If the Coyotes do end up in the dance, I think they have a chance for a run because their way of playing a system, uh, playing and system is well suited for NHL playoff hockey. Do you guys agree? In part. I think it they're depends a strong defensive play. team, but they're not a heavy team. So. It's kind of existential. Craig's yeah. going philosophical. Yeah, on it. discuss. 
Their best chance at sustained success is Kemper getting, keep it getting and staying hot. That 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 is what their Got best really chance. Is. On you, that they have a goaltending advantage if Kemper gets the, the, kick the desk below. <laughs> yes, we had that sound Matthew effect, McConaughey. Yeah, Luke was just here. destroying the bottom of the desk earlier. Mm-hmm. It was not me. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Matthew McConaughey influence on Craig's life now. Uh, Matt, talk has played size against big teams with ten to fourteen games in February against the Eastern Conference. Should we expect to see Hayton, if healthy, and Osterley play more to help counter the East Coast speed game? Uh. I would say if they don't, if they keep not scoring goals and Hayton gets healthy, you may see him in there just to <laughs> yes. try to spark something. I would like to see them try. He is a center. I would like to see them at least try that in the second half of the season because they're not getting enough from that position. Osterley needs to up his game. He's yet another guy that eh, I think has taken a step back this year. And with Kyle Capobianco, maybe they'll give him a shot instead. Um, Bigfoot Hunter 76 gimmicks galore what odd or fun things would you like to see in future all-star games player versus amateur shootout competition player fan made custom jerseys mascot and player baking competition none of those <laughs> although I, I am I, I don't mind the idea of fans doing a custom jersey because the NHL ones they always suck so that I'd be okay with that I don't know but, I kind of like the uh, the the amateur goalie and net facing Shea Weber that intrigues me um, that doesn't have lawsuit written all over it. Yeah, no. a, yeah. Uh, intrigues a few lawyers, too. Belly. <laughs> yeah, they'll just be lining up behind the net like uh, baseball scouts with radar guns. Here's your packet of waivers to sign. Yes. <laughs> just wear it on your chest. It's thicker than your chest protector. Can we name the duck Duck McStuffins? I don't know about that. What's actually wrong with the Yotes? Bad individual performances, system flaws, or other? Uh, some... Bad individual performances, yes. as we've, we've discussed, a number of players that need to step up. I don't think it's the system. I don't either. A lot of people do. It's Rick Tockett's system, just like it was Dave Tippett's system. Well, was yeah. it Rick Tockett's yada, system yada, two yada, months yada. ago? Uh, Did Rick Tockett change the system over the last two months? Like I didn't know about it. Three weeks ago when the team was fine? So No, it, it, it's a lot of players playing poorly at the same time. Or what about a lot of players with poor efforts at the same time. If they really do win the first two coming out of the break and they're in first place, is it still Rick Tockett's fault when they're in first place in the Pacific Division? Like... I, I just, I don't know. Look, it, it, I understand you can't overhaul the roster. How but much they, difference is there between systems? From that, team that's to team. the other point, too. I don't, I don't think it's a system. If you want to make the argument that if this, this goes for another few weeks, that what, for whatever reason the motivation level isn't getting there or the message that's being sent is not getting through, that's fine. I think there's an argument to be made for that. But to say it's the system, I, I don't think that's the case. Do you, think it's, do you think his message isn't getting through, or do you think some players just aren't built to play at a high level in the NHL consistently. To be determined. I, I, I don't think that's the case right now. I'm saying that if we go, we get into February and this is still, you know, you get a couple weeks into February and this is still an issue. Because it's not, like, you look at this roster, I don't think it's a, ta- I mean, look, they have talent issues in certain areas, like number one center, but they have a lot more talent. They have enough talent to be a contender in, in the Pacific Division. So it's not that they can't do it. It's that they're not doing it. Yeah, and it's two young guys that are, t- to me, chief among the guys they need to step up offensively is Schmaltz and Keller. Mm-hmm. You know, if those two guys are producing, are you as concerned right now? You're probably not because they've won a couple more games. And those guys are young guys, so I, I still think the jury's out on whether they can play at that level consistently. Nobody's going to do it over 82 games, of no. course, but they need to do it more consistently than this. You can't have a seven-game stretch like we've seen from them. And look, this isn't anything a five-game winning streak couldn't solve. But, you gotta, but, they, but then you just actually have to go do that. But And again, yeah, he, Rick has always talked about how they haven't had long losing streaks. They haven't had long winning streaks either. No. You need to go on one of those runs. But gut feeling, do they make the playoffs? I still think they make the playoffs. I don't know right now. 
I don't know. I don't like what I've seen from them recently. I really don't like it. I, I am banking on Keller and Schmaltz waking up after the break. That's, that's yeah. I mean, we'll, Ask I me we'll get weeks. an early read, yeah. Ask me in two weeks. And then will they be exhausted by the end of February? Um, <laughs> because, like I said, it schedule's it, nuts again. But yeah. yes, the schedule's brutal. We talked about that already. But I mean, but they're saving graces. Again, look at the glob. The glob. Look at the five-team well, glob. I mean, they're still having a good You're season. Really 57 points yeah, is still a good like, season. Yeah, pushing yeah, the glob. But, but, look, but, but, but look at the glob. Like, uh, do how you are have... shirts coming, by the way? Yeah. Oh, uh, I, maybe I, next season. I posted some. And but Even you guys didn't respond. Like there's, I mean, I think we all would say, in theory, when everybody's playing their best, Vegas is the clear favorite there, but... They haven't been playing good for a couple months now either. No, they haven't. They haven't so, really figured this out. I don't have a lot of confidence in any of those five teams at the moment. That's going to change by the time we get in the second half and teams Probably. go on runs. But right now, any of those five teams could miss. Yeah, you usually see a team or two hit their stride after the all-star break. We'll yeah. see if it can be the Coyotes. Well, they're on pace for about 92 points. So, I mean, they're still having a good season. But the, the benefit that they have from being yeah. in the Pacific is if you were in the Atlantic, you'd be 11 points out of first. Or if you were in the Metro, you don't want to be in the Metro. If no. they were in the Metro, they'd be in seventh place. <laughs> All of these teams would be in seventh yeah. place. You don't want to be Same. in the Metro. Um, okay. You have to get one hockey player's face tattooed on your back. Well, in Jamie's case, a second hockey player's face <laughs> tattooed on his back. Who are you picking to immortalize? Hmm. Uh, Gritty. Obviously. Does it have to be an NHL player? Because my wife played hockey, and I I might consider that if I have to. Uh, but I'm not count. considering tattooing anyone else's your face on my body. Hockey? In fact, I'm not considering any tattoos. Oh. How did we not know that your wife ever played? She played hockey? in college. Really? She did. How did this take 235 episodes to you come? You never asked, Luke. I thought it was rude of you, but I I never said anything. Did she score on you in the Orange game? Uh, no. Oh. Wouldn't that have been great? So I'm trying to think. Who Jamie wasn't listening to any no, of that conversation. Well, I'm, try, I'm trying to think of who. Craig's wife played hockey. Yeah, no, I'm aware. And scored on him in the no, Orange I, Game. I, I didn't that know that part. part. I knew the first oh. part. I knew well, the first I'm part. Starting it's come up a conversation. Over. I think it's come up a conversation when you've been in the room, but that's okay. Uh, so I'm, I'm sorry, trying to think what? of who would look really listening. good next to Manny Malhotra's face on my <laughs> on my shoulder blade. <laughs> um, who is the, the 2020 equivalent of Manny Malhotra? Hey, well, we'll leave that up to the readers, uh, the listeners. Yeah, let us know. Decide who the 2020 version of Manny Malhotra is. <laughs> Please get back to us. Are you going to act like you don't have Leon Dreisaitl's face tattooed I on sure. your back? No, that, that's my, my left my left shoulder. All right. Big Tortilla. Is Bob Eadhouse the best hockey radio voice today? Is he as nice as he sounds on the radio? He's uh, absolutely as nice. He, he's 100%. actually nicer. Yeah, he's yeah, nicer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, I would love to hear some of the stories he could tell. Thank you. I, I can't tell them for you, but... We should have Heater on the podcast. We should. We should, we should totally absolutely have Heater on the podcast. Should. He would do it. He would do it. You know where he's spending his he break? Sit I, right there. I, I won't give out the exact uh, location, but it's somewhere where there's a lot of snow right now. That's oh, where he's, I know where he's, he's spending his I, I, I got the same thing. Yep. Heater's not getting a tan. So next week, then, Heater on the podcast. Let's make it happen. Yeah, will he be back? It. Of course he'll be back. Probably. He has to be back. Yeah, we need to get Heater on the podcast. Let's have Heater on the podcast. He's so much nicer than any of us, though. It's oh, going to make us all look terrible. That's probably He'll true. balance me out. Yeah. He's the only one that could balance <laughs> Jamie out. Lisa, what do you believe the Coyotes will do with Ronto at the end of the season, given the fact that he is in and out of the lineup so much? We kind of touched on that. It's an excellent question. Read my column on The Athletic. The athletic. No, okay. Um, more money invested. Booper. That's right. <laughs> I don't even know if they can hear the whisper segments. million more. I, uh, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> how many Matthew McConaughey references are we going to make on this? Podcast? I hopefully people have read that article about the Athletic, or they're not going to get half the inside jokes. They, on the show. they probably most people don't get any of the inside. That's jokes true. I love Tockett, and I don't want to see him go anywhere. But does he have what it takes to get these passengers going? Passengers being in quotes. Does he have the ability to scratch or pull underperforming players? I mean, he has before. That's an interesting point to me. 
We talked about Clayton Keller last year, and he said he wasn't at that point yet where he was. He wanted to give him a little bit of rope because he's young and what he could do. Do you get to the point where you're willing to send a message with one of those players that isn't producing by pulling them out of the lineup, even if it's just for a game? Do you sit Clayton Keller or Nick Schmaltz down and say, you're not giving me what I need, so I'm going to try someone else? I think if you do it, you need to be willing. I wouldn't sit both of them in the same game. No. But you need to be willing. It can't just be like, oh, I would only sit this guy, but not the other one. They've both underperformed lately. Yeah, I would say Kel- Keller's been better this year than he was last year. Last year, I was a little surprised they didn't sit him. But if you're really going to be in a playoff race, I don't care about anybody's feelings on my team. I'm trying to make the playoffs. Yeah, he's been a little slow on the hook for some of those guys. And, and part of me, I, I get it. And I don't know what the personalities are specifically of those two guys. It shouldn't matter. Should, should they, hand, they handle it? Well, it does, though. When you have two guys signed long-term, handling the emotions and their ability to handle such a situation does factor into it. But when Barrett Hayton is back and healthy... We said on the show a million times we want to see what it looks like, what he looks like in the lineup somewhere. That decision becomes a lot easier to pull somebody out and say, you know what, let's see what Barrett Hayton has. That that is an interesting point because this year they have more options than they did last year. Yeah, fourteen NHL forwards. Yeah, like I don't like sitting guys just for the sake of sitting them. Although I would agree, especially with a young player, it sends a message. If you're sitting a guy that's been in the league for twelve years, that that to me is when you run a risk. If you're sitting a guy that hasn't really done anything huge in the NHL and he's in his second or third year, that's part of the learning curve. But he set Michael Grabner down. Yeah. Michael Grabner's a veteran. Michael Grabner took it the right way. You saw his quotes. Yeah. But I'm yeah. saying, I mean, if if you're able to sit Grabner, I wouldn't sit Keller or Schmaltz yet, but if they keep going like this coming out of the break, yeah, why wouldn't you? Yeah. I, I, it's got to be on the tail. It's got to be in your box of tools. I think it might be a good idea if, if this continues. Because if you don't, you're basically saying that guy's feelings matter more than us making the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're above yeah, it, everybody There's a different else. set of rules. And, yeah. and, and Rick has said this. He was really honest with this last year that there is a slightly different set of rules for skilled players. But if those skilled players aren't producing over a you know a 10 to 12 game yeah. stretch in it, the middle of a playoff maybe race. They need yes. to, maybe they need the chip back on their shoulder. Yeah, and that's the, that's a way to put it there. The other thing too with skill players is, is there are certain skill players that if they're not producing points, they're doing nothing. Bingo. You know Clayton I mean? Keller's one of those guys. Yes, and there are other guys that if they are not producing, they can find. I mean, the Matthew Kachuk quote from the other day—he's not necessarily, I guess, a skill player, but where he said, "If I'm not producing offense, I feel like I need to do something else to show my teammates I'm involved." Um, now, that, something else he does is sometimes controversial, but that mentality of if I can't produce points, because you can't produce points every night. Right. No. So you need, and you're going to go into scoring slumps. Like, that's just going to happen, but you got to do something else. And if you're not doing anything else, that to me is when you get sat. I agree, Luke. Wow. Next Let's question. Look at that. Um, Los Coyote Steve. Please just take a few moments to talk Coyote fans off the ledge after a brutal Canadian road trip. It was embarrassing and Coyote fans were frustrated at the numerous high-profile no-shows and lack of work ethic the franchise worked so hard to establish last season. I think they just ran out of gas. I, I think they'll be fine coming out of the break. I would Maybe say that, this. It could be that. Yeah. It could be that. As bad as things have gotten, you're still in a playoff spot. Yep. You have a chance to correct it. And you walk, you're going to walk out of the All-Star break with more talent than any other team that's walked out of the All-Star break in recent memory. That is the encouraging part. Any coyotes do? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. Clearly. I mean. Also, they're not, they're not the most talented team in the NHL of the last ten years, Luke. Your entire team is getting rest in the All Star break. Yes. Which yes. is kind of. I mean, it's ridiculous Except that they don't coach. have anybody. Yeah. yeah. 
but I, I think he can handle the physical demands yeah. of coaching. But I mean, all of your players are resting up while other teams. Yeah. For some reason, Vancouver's entire teams in the All Star game, so they're all gonna they're all just well, gonna keep in first skating. place. By the way, is it awkward that Rick is coaching the Pacific All Stars and the Coyotes are in fifth place in the Pacific? No, because they're technically one point out of first. Yeah, and they're yeah. technically in a four way tie for second. No, because the All Star. I mean, by the time matter. he gets there, they could be out of a playoff spot if Winnipeg gets four points right if they win these next two games. I guess. Yeah. 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 That'd be weird. Just It'd weird. It'd be optics, more awkward but, if Gerard then, Gallant yeah, was coaching. Yeah, well, no. I mean, that's that's what created the optics. Yeah. Firing a coach who was the all-star coach. <laughs> I still think Tockett's having a good year. They're six games yeah, above I've, 500. Oh, yeah. they've. I, I mean, to this point, yes, they progress. But do, do they... If they miss the playoffs... It's a problem. I, I'm with you. Problem. It's a problem. This, this, this a team problem. doing anything less than making the playoffs is a failure of a season. There's no other way to put it. I right? agree with that. I do. There, I, don't care, I don't care if half the team gets hurt for the rest of the year. It's you still can't a failure. come within four points last year with all that you dealt with and then come back this year and say, oh, we made progress, but we still didn't make the playoffs. No, that's not progress. Sorry. I agree it's with not progress. This, but if I told you they were going to have 57 points at the All-Star break and be a point out of first place, you would take it, right? It's the way well, they got there. It's the second part. I mean, being on pace for 92 points is anything to write home about. I'm sorry. Okay, but being a, but, being a point out of first place. Yes. But again, like I said, I'm not there, – there's room for encouragement. They're probably, probably not going to play as mediocre at home as they did before, hopefully. They're playing better at home now, but yeah. they're but not going to go on the road. Tire they, fire on the road. Yeah. 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 They've outscored 17-4 yeah. in their They've last four games. They've completely flipped it the last – where they're 4-0-1 yeah. at home and they're 1-6 on the road. The reality, so they have been good, but they're 26-25. and 25. Let's not overstate how good they've been. They're, they are good in the context that nobody in this division is good. They have enough talent to be really good and go on a run when Kemper gets back. But right now, there are there is reason for concern. And, and anything less than a playoff appearance is a failure. Uh, Alex, with how tight the Pacific is, who do you see crashing out and who do you see sticking around in a playoff spot? I don't know. I don't know. Shrug well, emoji. This is where it gets tough. I mean, it's possible all five of them just make it. They could. But, but that we, requires Winnipeg and Chicago going away. And Nashville. Which could. Nashville seems to want to go Nashville's away. Nashville's been away. Nashville has yeah. played a lot less games than everybody else, though. You, ca- so. you guys counting out Nashville and Minnesota, then? No. I'm not not count- Nashville. I'm not counting uh, Minnesota can, no. But I'm not counting out Nashville, but... I just, that's the thing. I just know they're better than the... That's the thing. No, like, they're you not. Go, like, from, all three of those teams, you can lump them right in <laughs> so, with these teams, yeah, right? So oh, okay, the Blackhawks has won five straight. Are, are they really better than the Pacific Division teams? Yeah. No, they're they're just not, all those just, eight teams. And they just beat five... Meh teams. Yeah. Three bad teams and two meh teams. So from Vancouver to Nashville. The Super Glob. That includes the other three central divisions. <laughs> the, 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 the Super Glob. The yeah, Super like Glob. I like this. Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, Vegas, Arizona, Winnipeg, Chicago, Nashville. Like, is there a huge difference between them right now? No. Could there be in, in a month? Maybe. But... <laughs> It's really running with the this. Super Glob. The Super Glob seems, seems like some weird That's sandwich. The name of the show. Jamie the would glob. order at, at some deli in like downtown New Super York. Glob. The Super Glob. The Super Glob. Um, it's law. <laughs> let's okay. How about this? How about I tell you four teams from the Pacific make it? Who drops out? I'm pretty confident Calgary and Vegas make it. I still think the Coyotes make it. So you're choosing between Edmonton and Vancouver. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Travis Green also candidate for Coach of the Year. Yeah, he is. And I don't want to write Vancouver off. I'm not so certain that I don't think I mean, I'm they're, gonna... the, they're the best team in the West. Isn't it obvious? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm just. I think Calgary gets a free pass. I, I, they would be the team I say is the first to drop I off. Don't, I, I, I don't. I don't have a feel for this division. What's going to happen? But this could go. Can you imagine if it's like this? If it looks it's like this in March, 
this is just super glob in March. I, I yeah. really, I really wanted Vancouver to lose in overtime the other night so we could have five teams yeah. tied at 57 points. It would have been so cool. Doesn't Vegas still have a game? Like They, they play tonight. Yeah, that's yeah. going to throw everything off, yeah. too. But Vegas has played, they'll have played more games than anybody in the division. Yeah. Vancouver still has two games in hand on the Coyotes. Okay, how about this? Of the, of the, <laughs> the eight teams in the super glob, and only five can make it, who do you want to make it out of those five Pacific teams plus Winnipeg, Chicago, and Nashville? All five Pacific teams. Yeah. That's what I want. That's what I want, too. Yeah. And then good luck sorting out the tiebreakers of who plays who. I think right now, the Coyotes would play St. Louis. Yeah. Vegas would play Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, and Colorado, Dallas. Those are actually some really good playoff series. Don't like the Coyotes' chances against St. Louis the way they're playing, but they are 2-0 against St. Louis this year. Got to get Kemper back. Yeah. For the playoffs, yeah. you got to get Kemper back. Yeah, absolutely. Um... Christina, so is the no-name duck a hostage or the victim of negligence? Favorite part of the All-Star game, and from 1 to 10, 1 being low, your confidence in Yotes performing well from return after All-Star break. So, negligence, yes. none, and <laughs> wait, six. Favorite part of the All-Star game. Jamie hates the All-Star game. Yeah, same, none. <laughs> but there was a two, the, the first question was a two-part question. Was, is it, was it an either-or? Either it was an either-or. Negligence or... Yes, yeah, so your answer could I be think both. both. Yeah, that's what I would say. He, look, he's been both. in here. I mean, he could fly away yeah, right now yeah, if he, he wants. Had a, hope you had a nice night's sleep in the car last night. Um, it was in the cold, nice rainy yeah, weather. It wasn't okay. that cold. It's all good. Uh, he, he doesn't have a name yet because I'm waiting for just the right name. I'm guessing it will reveal. It's not going to be Matt. You waiting for the trade deadline? It will reveal itself to me. Yes, either at the it's trade not deadline. Be Matt. You're not going to name him after the goalie or the, the goalie who won oh, Washington in their only Stanley Cup. Okay. Maybe they'll sign somebody else to a six year deal. Uh, or or and I don't like where you're Surely going with that. Acquiring him. It will become apparent in the first round of the playoffs when they lose to the Islanders. Oh, That's I know what it's going to be. That's going to be Ilya Kovalchuk. <laughs> That's Oval th- duck. It's that's Oval duck. duck. It's perfect. That's three. Oh, that three year. Eighteen million dollar contract. They're going to hand out to Kovalchuk. It'll. I, def- I will definitely call and him Koval Duck. If they the make that trade, yeah, that's. I will gladly call him Koval Duck. Um, Can you play players with Crosby that don't play defense? Like because I mean they've stuck him with yeah. what, like Pascal Dupuis and. I mean, they've taken offensive guys away from him just so that that line can just dominate. Yeah, I don't. Well, I'm. I'm interested in a Koval Duck appearance. Uh, Matt, Mark, I'm sorry, Matt, or Mark. What has changed in the last few months for the Coyotes? It feels like they've been about a 500 team for the last few months. They have. They lost their goalie. Well, yeah, losing their goalie and Keller and, I mean, just the struggles of Keller, Kessel, Schmaltz. A lot of guys got cold at the same time and and their two starting goalies got injured. And that's a terrible combination. If you look at the area where they built they they built some room over 500, it happened really early in the season. Mm-hmm. Since then, they've just been a, basically a 500 team. But that's all you have to do to make the playoffs in the NHL is I think they go need on a run more run. Early. Yeah, yeah they well, need one more they, run. They need too. a five-game winning streak so desperately. They've yeah, done what like, they have to do to this point, but you're, I mean, it's not just done. You don't coast into the playoffs no. playing 500 hockey. No, but but you can if you go on these streaks where you go, you win five here, then you go, you play, you know, four, five, and one for a stretch. Right. You go as five long in a row again. Losing streak to count. Yeah. Or if you're Dallas, you just have long winning streaks and long losing yeah. streaks. Yes. It seems to work for them. <laughs> Uh, John, this is a good question for Craig. Shapu has looked good in the two games. Do you see him maybe getting the nod over Richardson once healthy? And how does Hayton factor into that? I wonder about all of that. Uh, I, I still think Michael Shapu is a pretty limited player. I'd like to see Brad Richardson get back to who he was last season. I'm not sure entirely why we've seen such a precipitous drop off with Brad Richardson's play. 
But Barrett Hayden should absolutely factor into this. I've said this before. I, I would really like to see what he might be able to give them down the stretch because this is a guy that's a big part of your future at the center position. You think he's a top six guy. You really need better play from that position, so give it a look. It's worth a shot. Look, the reason why he wasn't in there more earlier in the year because you were winning a ton and who you, and players were playing really well. Who are you going to take out? Now that excuse does not exist anymore. Yeah. He's a high-skilled player. He's the future of your center position. He needs to have at least a shot to succeed. If you put him in, you go, ooh, he's in over his head, then you pull him back out of the lineup. But, but we, we agree. You come out of the All-Star break with your lineup. Like you're just your normal lineup intact. Assuming they're healthy, yeah. And, yes. and sort of see what everybody can do and and. I would give everybody that's been playing sort of a, a, a free pass, like a restart here that you're going to get right. refreshed over this week and a half. And then if the same players are struggling out of the break, then you have to start making changes. Yep. That's, you yeah. don't have a choice at that point because there's not that much hockey left. But with Shapu, I, I don't know. I, don't, I, I, wasn't, I didn't yeah. really notice him. To be honest. Ideally, Richardson gets back to playing to close to what he played at the last couple of years, but it's a shame that they, you know they don't have they don't have someone in Tucson that might be able to push Richardson a little bit. I, you know, I, I thought it might be Lane Peterson, but there may be some holes in his game at the NHL level that prevent that from happening. Do you so. think that could be a trade acquisition? Because you can usually find guys like that for yeah. a fifth or sixth, for a, sure. basically a mid round pick, which it's an interesting that, thought, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which at that point to me is worthless. I mean, in the sense of yep. you, you, if you absolutely move anything that's not a third-round pick or higher to get someone on your NHL team, and you don't even think about it. Yeah, I'm trying to think of that. I mean, th- that's the sort of player that's harder to identify if you're not an NHL GM. You can't just go look at a list of players and be like, oh, it'll be this guy, because you're talking about a fourth-line center. Yeah, mm-hmm. essentially, yeah. yeah. I'd be you, you better make sure that you think Brad Richardson's done because of the experience that he has. He's, he's won. Too. Yeah, he's won he's, a cup. He's won a cup. Yeah. And you got and a month. He's you got a that month kind of greedy player that could really help you in those situations. So be be very sure, but yeah, you're right. You have a month, and he needs to step up his game. It's a pivotal month for a few players on hey, this it's team. It's a contract year for him, too. He's, yeah. he's got to show something here if he wants to keep playing in this league. A hockey fan. Hmm. It's basically, should Kessel be scratched? It's a long way of asking They're that not going to scratch Kessel and, with the Iron Man streak. It's and, not happening, period, peep, end of story. Peep, well, that's Fair, part of the question. Fairly or unfairly. Here, okay, happening. I'll just ask the question. Kessel has been decent for only a handful of games and awful the rest. I don't totally agree with that, but I see where you're going. He seems to he deserves to be a healthy scratch, yet it seems we're putting his consecutive games played streak above the team goals. Will we ever see them scratch him? And then Matt followed up with, why would you scratch a player who has 10 points in his last 10 games? Do you see Shapu or Fisher being more likely than Kessel to contribute to a big goal? No, that's the key of like what gives your team the best chance to win. And right now, nobody that's sitting on the bench or in the press box gives the team a better chance to win than Phil Kessel. Yeah, Kessel's just got to be—he's got to manage the puck better. He's got to manage the puck better. He's got to make better decisions on yes. the power play. He's got to tr- stop forcing that that cross seam pass that gets you know that, that he's trying to get through three or four sticks yeah. that gets intercepted or that play. Like I said, that play he made along the half wall make smarter plays. Yes, we've talked about the Keller. puck's not getting through to Evgeny Malkin anymore. No, I mean, I'm trying to get it through to Taylor Hall, but it's got to be there. Stop forcing it. Um, Packed to the playoffs, though. I guess we can end on this one. What's been up with Keller? We've already talked about that. But we did get a few questions about this, or at least I did to my account. Last game against the Oilers, he almost had a breakaway, but I swear he was so worried about getting hit that he didn't even try to shoot it. That was a weird play. Sure was. Mm-hmm. I, I tweeted about that very thing because it looked like if he had skated hard, he would have had a scoring chance, but he was so worried about it. I think it was Dreisaitl coming yeah, back on him. And Dreisaitl's pretty good. He's yeah. a big dude, but... Yeah. You got a scoring chance. Where, where's the drive? Where's the effort there? I didn't. I I gotta admit, I saw the same thing. I didn't think he went all out to try and get that scoring chance. He just looked like you heard the footsteps. Yeah, because he, he, he looked like he was worried about getting drilled. He looked like an adult league player who 
there's like another player on the other team that shouldn't be in that league, and that's who you see coming at you. And it looked like he was like thinking of trying to skate hard, and he just basically fell over. And he was, it was almost, yeah, and he was like yeah. skating laterally. It was, he didn't have a good game. Yeah. Because his yeah. offside took back a goal that yep. they weren't going to win that game, yeah. but it would have made things interesting. And they weren't happy with it. He was, I think he lost a shift there for a moment. At, yeah, he after was that. on the fourth he, line for a second. Yeah, because there's no excuse for that either, right? That's just that's just careless. That's a lack of attention to details. So essentially Absolutely. we're all banking on the fact that the All-Star break is here, and that's what we're hoping for for the Coyotes. Yeah. And Darcy. It, it's that the, yeah, they start playing up to the talent level. But I also, I mean, yeah, I think they're more talented than some of these teams they're in the race with in the Pacific, in the Super Glob. Like they're more talented than, I guess it depends how you define talent. If you're going top-heavy, then Edmonton's got better players than any of these teams, and Chicago does have Kane and Well, they've got two better players better than the rest of the team. Yeah, but, yeah. but a couple, that's, that's what I'm saying. But I don't think overall, I don't think Edmonton's a more talented team. That's what I'm saying. Is it's how you define talent. Are you going to say because they have McDavid, they're the most talented team? Or are you going to say because the Coyotes have more talent collectively, they're more talented than Edmonton? Same thing with Chicago. I mean, Kane's better than anybody, but what do they have after him in Taves? Seabrook coming back anytime soon. That would really help, Craig. Not coming back this season. All right. Any other thoughts you guys want to get off your chest? No. Okay. All right. For Craig Morgan and Jamie Eisner, I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening to the Natural Hattrick Podcast. All hail the Super Club.